This is The Guardian. Today, Prince Andrew has agreed to settle in the US sexual assault case against him. But is that the end of the story? For years, Prince Andrew had a reputation of jet-setting and high-living. Now, you have to travel a lot for your role. That has led to the tabloids to coin the nickname Air Miles Andy. How do you feel about that? Well, it's a fact of life. In order to do what I do for the UK and for UK business, I have to travel. He had made much of his service in the British Navy on active duty during the Falklands War. Uh, Militarily speaking, I've been uh, shocked and yet proud. Uh, that's my helicopter flying over at the moment. Before moving into public service as a UK trade envoy. Prince Andrew spent 76 days last year working for Britain as trade envoy. He carried out 550 engagements, met 3,000 companies, visited 19 foreign markets. He was nicknamed the Playboy Prince, or Air Miles Andy, and was said to be indulged as the Queen's favourite son. But his friendship with the paedophile Jeffrey Epstein changed everything. Usually stoic and silent Buckingham Palace has become very vocal, denying allegations in a federal lawsuit tying His Royal Highness Prince Andrew to sex crimes with underage minors. Duke of York himself carried on with a scheduled visit in East London today, although it wasn't long before more controversy about his links with a convicted paedophile emerged. When the late billionaire financier was exposed for running a vast network of underage girls, Andrew was drawn into a scandal he couldn't escape from. He's become an embarrassment to the royal family. I think we should say thank you for what you've done over the years to promote British trade, but uh, he needs to step back, he needs to go. For years, he rebuffed the accusations made against him by Virginia Giuffray. And not only did the Duke deny the specific allegation that he sexually assaulted Giuffray when she was 17, he denied ever meeting her. Prince Andrew insisted that he wanted his day in a US civil court to finally clear his name before a jury. But this week... We're back now with a major development in the sex abuse scandal that's been rocking the royals. He agreed to settle the case. Settlement involves an undisclosed substantial donation to charities which support victims' rights. In a deal that reportedly cost him millions of pounds. From The Guardian, I'm Noshi Nikbal. Today in Focus, the fall of Prince Andrew. Caroline Davies, you've been reporting on the case against Prince Andrew since it began. If Virginia Giuffre's claims against him had gone all the way to court, what was Andrew facing? The claims made by Virginia Giuffre were that she had been trafficked to have sex with men by the financier Jeffrey Epstein, and she had claimed that among those men she had been trafficked to the Duke of York and that she had had sex with him on three occasions when she was aged 17. He knows what happened. I know what happened. And there's only one of us telling the truth. These were allegations that the Duke of York denied strenuously. We went into the VIP section. Uh, there was no waiting in the lines, obviously, that you were with a prince. Um, Andrew asked me what I wanted to drink, you know, and I said, you know, something from the bar. He had something clear. I know mine was vodka. Uh, I'm almost, in fact, I'm convinced 
um, that I was never in tramps with her. There are a number of things that are wrong with that story. She was bringing this claim against him in the United States, and it was a civil case, not a criminal case. And her claim in her civil case against him was for battery and for emotional distress. How is that likely to have played out in court? What he was facing in court, had it gone to trial, was cross-examination, really, on the most personal and private aspects of his life. And undoubtedly, Buckingham Palace would shudder at the prospect. You know, they will remember his performance, you know, in 2019, that Newsnight interview, which was his attempt to clear his name. I don't remember meeting her at all. I do not remember a photograph being taken. And I've said consistently and um, and frequently that we never had any sort of sexual contact, whatever. That interview just seemed to make things much worse for him. And in fact, it led to his stepping back from public duties. And if it had gone to trial, there was always the danger, of course, that he could lose and what that would mean for him. So it isn't going to court and they've reached a settlement instead. What has Andrew agreed to? Andrew has agreed to make a substantial donation to Virginia Dufresne's charity. And he's also going to make her an out-of-court payment. The agreement states that he will donate to her charity in support of victims' rights. Andrew has also had to admit his association with Epstein, a man who, in the words of the statement, you know, trafficked countless young girls over many years. And so he stated he regrets his association with Epstein, which is something that he did not seem to admit to during his Newsnight interview. Do you regret the whole friendship with Epstein? Um, uh, now, uh, still not. And the reason being is that, that the, the people that I met um, and the opportunities that I was given to learn, um, either by him or because of him, were actually very useful. So the agreement is not an admission of guilt from the Duke. And he's always strenuously denied the allegations against him. How much is he going to have to pay? So we don't know exactly what bill Prince Andrew will face. We spoke to at The Guardian, we spoke to several international lawyers and they expected the settlement to be worth at least £10 million. Some have even said £12 million. And of course, there are his legal fees, which will be considerable. But just a few weeks ago, he was determined to fight this case in court. What was he saying then? His lawyers made clear that Andrew wanted a trial by jury. And in fact, also, Virginia Dufresne's lawyers had made clear that she too wanted a trial by jury. I think it's very important uh, to Virginia Dufresne that this matter be resolved in a way that vindicates her and vindicates uh, the other uh, victims. So the idea of a financial settlement is not the thing that's of interest to her then, is it? it a purely financial settlement is not uh, anything that I think that she's right. interested in. And it did look as though the case was set to go all the way. But there is quite a big difference between legal rhetoric by lawyers and actually the reality of what's going on in negotiations. So while this might seem as though it's a rapid turnaround, it may be something that the lawyers have had at the back of their minds for quite some time. And it's been called a settlement in principle. What exactly does that mean? 
Settlement in principle means that this is what they intend to do. And the stipulation is that the Duke will pay the amount of money which is undisclosed within 30 days. And if he does that, it will be ratified by the court and Virginia Dufresne will withdraw her allegations and her claims. And does it suggest that non-disclosure agreements have been signed? Is that why we won't know the terms exactly of the agreement or of the settlement? It's quite common in civil cases for settlements to be made secret. We know, for example, that in 2009, Virginia Dufresne reached a settlement with Jeffrey Epstein. We only learned of that settlement during the course of this legal action when it emerged that she had agreed to drop her action for the sum of $500,000. Why do you think Andrew's decided to settle now? We will never know the exact reasons why he's decided to settle now, but clearly he cannot have been relishing the prospect of going to trial. He was just a couple of weeks away from having to give his first sworn deposition to Giffray's lawyers. But it's also probable that he came under pressure from other members of the royal family. It's known that this matter has been widely discussed among senior members of the royal family, the Queen and Prince Charles in particular. And it may have been felt that for this legal action to continue and the drip, drip, drip of negative headlines associated with it was just incurring too much reputational damage to the institution of the monarchy. It does seem a remarkable turnaround for the prince. I mean, his lawyer had previously described Jeffrey's claims as baseless and her of seeking a payday. What kind of questions do you think he was likely to face under cross-examination? For example, he would be asked to provide an alibi to prove perhaps that he was at the Pizza Express in Woking, which he claimed to be at the time that Jeffrey claimed that she met him in London. Uh, I was with the children. I'd taken Beatrice to uh, a Pizza Express in Woking. Why would you remember that so specifically? Why would you remember a, a Pizza Express birthday and being at home? Because going to Pizza Express in Woking is an unusual thing for me to do. He would also probably be asked about his so-called inability to sweat which he claimed during that interview in 2019. I didn't sweat at the time because I um, had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at. Uh, And I simply, it was was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. So these are things that their lawyers are likely to dwell on, as well as other aspects of his personal life as well. So Prince Andrew hasn't cleared his name in court, as he said he would. Does it mean that his royal career is now completely over? I think that the commentators and observers and those close to the case have all agreed that there's very unlikely to be an easy path back to public life. He has been stripped of his royal patronages. He's been stripped of his military titles. He has agreed that he will no longer use his style HRH, his Royal Highness, in any official capacity. So he is now a private citizen. The statement that the Queen released on January the 13th, which was outlining those changes, still stands as we understand it, uh, with the Duke continuing not to undertake any public duties, meaning that there'll be no place for him on the Buckingham Palace balcony alongside other members of the family during the Platinum Jubilee celebrations in June. But he is still a councillor of state. Councillors of state, they are the four adult males nearest to the throne. And councillors of state 
are those that stand in for the Queen should she be incapacitated in any way, either abroad or through illness. And the Duke of York and Prince Harry both remain councillors of state. That is something that Buckingham Palace has not yet addressed, so that's something they may look at. He is also still the Queen's second son, and so you know, he will be included, I'm sure, in family occasions. I mean, the Queen has in the past shown her support for him while these legal proceedings have been ongoing. He's been invited to Balmoral. She's been seen riding with him. When the Duke of Edinburgh died, Prince Andrew played a very prominent part in paying public tributes to his late father, and that would not have been done without the Queen's permission. I think the way I would put it is that We've lost almost the grandfather of the nation. Um, and I feel very sorry um, and supportive of my mother, who's um, uh, feeling it, I think, probably more than everybody else. Um, and he's also still Duke of York, although that's something that's not particularly gone down well in the city of York. And there are calls saying that he must withdraw his title to show respect for people living in the city. The Labour MP, Rachel Maskell, who represents um, York Central, has said that it's causing deep hurt and embarrassment to many people across the city. Radio York. It is BBC Radio York and there is only one story on the front pages of today's papers. It is reaction to the news Prince Andrew has reached an out-of-court settlement with Virginia Dufre. And as we heard in the news with Nathan, Rachel Maskell, the Labour MP for York Central, has renewed her call for Prince Andrew to be stripped of the title of Duke of York. I'm just wondering, what do you think about that? Should he still be the Duke of York or should he be stripped of that title? That title was given to him by the Queen on his marriage to Sarah Ferguson. So it's in her gift to remove it. What has the royal family had to say about all of this? They've said nothing about this. In fact, since the legal proceedings began against him, all queries to the royal family regarding the Duke of York on this particular issue have been referred to his legal team. So Buckingham Palace has very much sought to put distance between themselves, the institution and the Duke of York's legal woes, and stressed very much that he was facing this as a private citizen. You've said the settlement is at least £10 million, and even for a member of the royal family, it's an extraordinary amount of money. Where is it going to come from? The question really is, you know, does he have the money? There have been reports that he's been trying to sell a chalet in the Swiss resort of Verbier, which he bought for a reported thirteen million in twenty fourteen with um, his ex-wife, the Duchess of York. We do know that he receives a Royal Navy pension, and that the Queen is also thought to fund him. She receives around twenty million pounds a year from the Duchy of Lancaster, the private estate. Matthew, just picking up on, on what Camilla's saying. I mean, it's a sort of extraordinary implication here. You're, you're, you're paying millions of pounds to someone that up until recently he has no memory of meeting. That's, That's right. a good he, point. He said he'd never met Virginia Giuffre. Uh, and I, I personally, I don't know about the, the viewers, but I would deeply, deeply, deeply resent if one penny of this settlement came out of UK taxpayers' money. Uh, Any money that the Queen gives to the Duke of York comes from her private income not from the sovereign grant, which is the money that she receives from the Treasury to fund her royal engagements. So in that respect, if she does make a contribution, it would be from her Duchy of Lancaster income, therefore not directly from the taxpayer. Coming up, for Virginia Giuffre and the other survivors of Jeffrey Epstein's abuse, 
what does this settlement symbolise? Caroline, what does a settlement mean for Virginia Giuffray? Whichever way you look at it, this settlement in principle seems like a victory for Virginia Giuffray. The statement that they have issued raises so many of the points that she wanted. Originally, she wanted an apology from the Duke. There is no apology in that statement, but the very fact that he's expressed regret, the very fact that he said he's going to make a substantial donation to her charities, the very fact that he said that he did not intend to malign her, that he recognises her as a victim of abuse, these are all winning points for Giuffray. Her lawyers, I think, will be very happy indeed. And just yesterday morning, a lawyer specialising in employment and equality cases told the BBC that you know this settlement has given her back the reins of some control over her future. I think it can be seen as a great um, win for Virginia Geoffrey, although I don't really like to even use the term win, because the great thing about settlements for victims is, um, sure, they, they don't get vindication in a court of law, but we all know how, especially the criminal justice system and also the civil justice system, let down victims of sexual violence. If you think about sexual abuse as a, a wish by one person to dominate and control another, litigation is not so different from that. It's, um, the outcome is very black and white. You have a winner and a loser. And certainly the US attorneys who've been representing victims of Jeffrey Epstein have hailed the settlement uh, as a victory for Jeffrey and a victory also for survivors. Well, we can now speak with Liz Stein, who also accused Epstein of sexual assault, and she joins us from her home in Philadelphia. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Were you expecting that this would happen? I don't think anyone was expecting this to happen. I think this shows that his decisions have consequences. He lost his royal and his military titles and his duties his public association with his family, and he went from royalty to a private citizen practically overnight. Uh, he was publicly disgraced, but he'll still have a better life than anyone could dream of. And whatever he lost as a result of this could never compare to what the victims of Epstein, Maxwell, and the men that we were trafficked to have lost from our lives. There's no amount of money that could compensate for that. Um, and I think that in negotiating her settlement, Virginia was uh, very wise in going after things that are much more important than money. Caroline, for Prince Andrew, is this now the end of the story? We have to see whether the settlement of principle holds up in court and is ratified in court. That will be the end of this legal case. But whether it will be the end of speculation, whether it will be the end of reports is another matter. Andrew is still wanted for questioning as a witness by the FBI in their investigation into Epstein. There may be more developments on that front. We don't know exactly how also Andrew is going to support the fight against the evils of sex trafficking and supporting its victims as he has pledged so to do in the statement that was released in the court. So that remains to be seen. But what it has done is it has removed an immediate legal threat. And that was what the royal family possibly was most worried about. Finally, how much damage has this done to the royal family? What the royal family have hoped to achieve by the settlement is to 
prevent further damage down the line. There'd be undoubted relief at Buckingham Palace that this matter appears to be settled. The one thing they did not want in a year of celebration, the year of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, was for this case to be hanging over it. It's also a time when the royal family are looking forward. As the Queen mentioned herself in her accession day speech, when she confirmed that Camilla would be known as Queen Consort, they are very much looking forward to the future. So they will be relieved, really, that this looks to have been settled at a time before the nation joins together in June for the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Caroline, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Caroline Davies. You can read her coverage of this case, as well as analysis from our Guardian US team at theguardian.com. And before we go, I just want to mention that the application process for the Guardian's Scott Trust Bursary Awards is now open. It's an incredible scheme. It's designed to assist students who face financial difficulty in getting the qualifications needed to pursue a career in journalism and who come from backgrounds that are underrepresented in the media. In particular, those from low-income backgrounds, black, Asian, minority ethnic, LGBTQ+, and those with a disability. Applications close on the 3rd of April, 2022. Many of those who've received these awards in the past have gone on to get experience working with us on Today in Focus, so do consider applying or telling anyone who might be interested in the scheme. Find out more at theguardianfoundation.org or follow the link from our podcast page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Hannah Moore and Alex Atak. Sound design is by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producers are Phil Maynard and Mythley Rao. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. 